the uh, this podcast is now unofficially underway. Mm-hmm. It's weird because I'm I'm looking at Dan Duran, and he's sitting where I normally sit, but I'm in a nice person's kitchen in uh, California and Fred's in some kid's uh, bunk bed. Yeah. <laughs> so <he's> yeah. <laughs> Something's off. That's right. Yes. Fred is getting ready for his bunk bed. I haven't slept in them yet. I was going to last night because I've been enjoying some time with my brother-in-law, Clyde, and we were going to get into the proper 12 Irish whiskey last night. So mm. I knew that... If that happens, I have to be in the bunk bed because I tend to snore in my wife's ear when I drink whiskey. But it didn't happen. I fell asleep before the bottle opened. <laughs> it was it, were we talking about this on the show or off? But I'm, I'm like, we're going to bed at 930. Like, we, it's like, oh, it's bedtime. Yeah. You know, tonight at 11 o'clock, it's uh, surprise, surprise, Canada against the U.S. women's hockey gold medal game in Beijing and I'd love to see it but I'll tell you, I don't think so. <laughs> um I ha- we haven't talked about the Olympics. I haven't watched any of it. I you know there's somebody in our universe whose daughter is doing very well at the Olympics. I I sent them a note but of course I get no response because they don't speak to me anymore. All right, yeah. <laughs> Daughters in the Olympics? Oh yeah. She's a, yeah, is she really? Yes. Wow. Huge. Doing well. Yeah, doing well, representing Canada. She's one of the top skaters in the world. And I've known that kid since literally the day they were born. I was in the hospital taking a picture for the family because they didn't have a, a digital camera. I did at the time. Mm-hmm. Anyway, How old is she now? 18. Wow. She stands yeah. to make a lot of money. Oh, yeah? You know, but- well, with, uh, you know, if, based on her success and in Canada, she would be recognized as the best skater now, I guess. That must come with some level of endorsement and uh, ice show opportunity. And Sure. Happy capitalism. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> um, all right. Mm-hmm. Well, let's, uh, let's uh, not waste any more time. Here's Dan Duran, everybody. The following episode is coming to you live from La Quinta, California and Panama City, Florida. And is brought to you by Gig Sky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, Health Gauge, Canna Cabana, Doer, and our newest sponsor, GoDaddy. And now, here are two men who left Canada because of the weather and are still complaining about the weather. It's too windy. <laughs> it's not <laughs> It's humble and frank. That's very funny, Dan. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So true. It is so true. I sent Dan video. I sent you guys both video of the wind yesterday, which I was mocked for by uh, GFR. Because in the morning when we were doing the show, you know, I was talking about the fact that it was going to be very windy and it wasn't it wasn't windy at all and i had canceled golf and then around the middle of the day that video i sent you guys the wind kicked up here like where i was yesterday afternoon it literally at times this dust storm would obscure the mountains yes and so uh, a bit of a breeze then a bit of a breeze rachel was calling it the what'd you call it the how the how <laughs> yeah, the wind thing, the windemic. All, all I can say is, it's a good thing you brought those cushions in. It is a good thing. Thank you, Fred. It was You're a welcome. good thing I brought those cushions in. Mm-hmm. It would have been was, in the was pool. Was anything damaged? Was anything damaged? 
Uh, no damage, but I'll tell you what, the, where I'm staying, they have a, a, a pool cover. I don't know if you, did you ever have a pool cover at your place, Freddie? Uh, like a solar blanket? Yeah, yeah, a blanket, right. Yeah, oh, look. I, yeah, I found them. Look, there's Rachel for me. There's Rachel getting her breakfast. Hi, Hi Rachel. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Rachel. You're getting something out of the fridge. Just getting her cold oats. Um, yeah, anyway, you know what the problem? It didn't work for me because I have too many trees in the backyard. So it was always covered in leaves and and twigs. And then I would roll it in, and they'd get in the pool. Well, here at uh, his place, he's asked. All he's asked me is, "Hey, listen, you know, put the liner on at night because the temperature, the water, just it, the temperature gets sure. cold here in the desert." And yesterday, I spent a good amount of time securing the blanket because it, it literally was getting blown off the pool. Yeah, Dan, real weather. Hmm. <laughs> we're having real weather here. Oh, yeah, too. real weather events. Yeah, we're, uh, right. we're going to get some rain and some snow. Um, um, you know what I did yesterday? Now, you know, since you asked, um, <laughs> I went on a long week, uh, walk on the beach with my wife while she collected shells. Oh, did she? And... And I actually enjoyed it. It put me, like, my headspace was cool for the whole walk. It was probably two or three miles, like a mile and a half down back. <laughs> and she picked up shells. And, you know, usually when I'm with her and she's selecting things, like in a store, I lose my patience. But I didn't yesterday. Wow. You know, I, it was nice just watching her reach down and look at a shell and determine whether it was good enough to take home to the grandchildren and it was just a uh, there's so much about that if i may dan yeah. i'm there's so much about that story i found surprising what you lose your patience from time to time dave <laughs> I lose interesting, from interesting. Time, yeah. <laughs> so basically like you're saying we're in winners <laughs> when we're in winners and she's taking that time to select things yeah i get a little impatient but yeah. for some reason on panama city beach it was lovely well, isn't that interesting that you were able to not get all frustrated and ragey walking on the beach <laughs> fun <laughs> Were you walking on the uh, the part that was wet, or were you into the uh, drier sand, which is a little harder to walk on? Uh, the stuff that's a little harder to walk on. That's good oh. for you. Yeah. That's yeah. good no, for you. It is my calves. I can feel it in my calves. Definitely. Mm. Right. You have the calves of a much younger man. Um, I, I, it was so windy here yesterday, Dan. Is yeah. That video I sent you was from a golf. I went to, I, first of all, I canceled golf. You couldn't play yesterday. But I went to this range. This drive. I was doing a couple errands. I went to Best Buy to drop something off. And it was so windy. There was nobody, like you, you, couldn't, the, the, you couldn't hit a golf ball. Uh, it would have been ridiculous. And yet would it I come went, back at your face? It would have come back at your face. That's exactly what happened. Anyway, but you're right. It's listen, we're we're very lucky to be here. It's a bit cool today. It's going to be about 20 Celsius and uh, the wind has dropped and uh, it's going to be a little a little bit cooler in the desert for the next little while. Uh, Dan, we'll see you in a couple hours or less. Yeah. Well, actually, not that about yeah. an hour. And a half. Find some news. Okay, yes, lots of stuff in the news. Mm, yes, they are. All right. Uh, we're uh, continuing our uh, American tour. Oh, hang on a second. That's coming out of the wrong spot. You could hear that, though, right, Fred? Yes, loud and clear. All right, hang on one second. All right, we have a... Well, let's not worry about it now, but there's a bit of an issue. I'm just trying to figure out why it's doing that. So, Freddie, um, you're going to play a little golf today. Yes, which is nice. Yes. 
because it's going to be about 2021 20, here with no uh, wind, so it's going to be a spectacular day for golf. The perfect golf day, really, around 20, right? Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. Um, and, and I'm going to be able to play some golf here, not today, but... You know, it's it's definitely. I've never done this before, and, and this is the longest I will have been away in the winter time. You've done this before, though, haven't you? Yes, I have, Howard. Yes, yeah. But although, remember back in the our old radio days, remember uh, program directors from time to time would say, "Don't rub uh, your listeners' nose in the fact that you're in a nice environment while well, they are not." Mm-hmm. That was all bullshit. Listeners don't mind hearing about where you are and what you're doing. Do you actually yeah. remember that? I do, of course. Uh, yeah. Part of it was uh, we weren't supposed to talk about, um, well, the other thing we weren't supposed to do was go away for longer than two weeks. And, and that's another, it was weird because in the entire time we did morning radio, I never took, I don't think I took a two-week vacation very often, no. but but I know uh, nothing more than that. Mm-hmm. Yes, interesting. So, uh, yeah. So, you're going to be... Did you say you're golfing today as well? I am. Not? I'm not. Oh, okay. Um, let me just figure something out here for a second. Because the... Uh, the Well, I'm just going to have to live with it. The audio is coming out of a, a different place today, and I can't figure out why. Let me just figure this I may have to shut my computer down. Okay, well, let's not worry about music today because it's going to be difficult for me to uh, to uh, regulate where it's coming out because it's coming out of the same pot that you, you're you on, which it doesn't normally do, so that's well, fine. Well, you can shut it down. I mean, the podcast is a recorded uh, presentation. No, but I'd have, to shut my, I'd have to shut my entire computer down and uh, restart it, and uh, it's not going to be... Uh, All right. Do I mean I could if you want to stop and pause here and we can just pick it up in a second. Yeah, I don't see and then edit it together. See, people are getting a behind the scenes up. look at the Humble and Fred show. Okay, well, then, yeah, we're, you, but, you, but I'm going to have to stop the live stream and I'm going to have to do all that. So I'll tell you what, if for, we do have people coming on. Yeah, yeah, we have people coming on in 20 minutes, but that's fine. All right. Do you want me to do this? Yes. Okay. Uh, I'm going to do this quickly. If you guys are watching us on Facebook, we'll be back here in about uh, three minutes time. Okay. And uh, we continue. All right. There you go. Just like that. I figured it out. All right. We're back. Uh, Okay. Um, You know, uh, last month, Freddie and I started talking about our Noom weight loss journey. And uh, it's been something else. You know, I got to be honest with you. When I first uh, tried it out, I said to uh, you and Rachel, I said, well, the... The sponsorship starting, so I guess one of us should, you know, figure out the app a little bit. And I, to be, I, I was just going to sort of try it out to see to make sure I could talk about it. And then I got interested in it. And then I've now been doing it since January third. A week later, you started it, and I got to be to tell you, I'm really ex- excited how interested you have become in it, and how it's been effective for both of us. You know, really, this is a genuine, genuine endorsement. Uh, I find it to be fantastic. I mean, for what I wanted, what I needed, um, and what I continue to need from something like this, as far as the support you get from Noom, well, you're part of it, Howard. It's amazing. It really is. Uh, I mean, I was trying to describe it to somebody. It's not about restricting what you eat. There are no good and bad foods. I mean, that's how most people... 
Most people categorize, oh, I shouldn't have that. It's bad for me. With Noom, what you find out is there are foods that are, you know, better for you than others, but you never have to worry about restricting your calories. You can have anything you want as long as within your Noom sort of universe, you can fit it in in a day. You know, I had some dark chocolate last night. I had popcorn watching Netflix. And since January 3rd, you know, I've lost 10 pounds. I'm 10 yeah. pounds down. You're close to 10 pounds down. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, yeah, and you learn so much about foods and the way they do it with the app. It's so clear, so clear cut. There's yellow, uh, there's uh, green foods, yellow foods, red foods, and obviously you can have lots of green foods. Watch yourself with the yellows. The reds, take a good hard look at them. But what that does, it, it, it allows you to learn about food. Yes. The stuff you've, you've traditionally eaten... And how it affects your body. It, 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 it's such a great learning experience. And the thing is, as you log your meals in a day or plan your meals in a day, you can see it crystal clear what you should and shouldn't do, can and can't do if you want to lose weight. Um, it is fantastic. Sign up for your trial and get psychology-based support. And it really is support and motivation to reach your goals at Noom, N-O-O-M dot com slash HF 2022. That's N-O-O-M dot com slash HF 2022 to sign up for your trial. I'll tell you a couple things that have resonated most with me. You know, I'm a bit and maybe this you'll find this surprising. I, I can be a bit obsessive at times. <laughs> Rachel just laughed. But what I've, what I've enjoyed about it, for someone like me that likes to keep track of things, you log your weight every day. That's one. You log your meals every day. That's two. And then there's a little bit of reading. There's about five minutes of reading every day to achieve sort of, you know, the triad of the, of the Noom you know, the new program. But, but what it does for me is it keeps me accountable. And that's what I want to get to is like knowing what you just said about the types of foods for me, logging my weight every day and logging what I eat has brought mindfulness. And that's part of what they do with Noom is that it brings a sort of an awareness because when you have to write down everything you eat, you would then become aware of those choices. As you said, the different categories that you can make. And you learn along the way, which means if you're in a position that you can't look up a particular food at any at a at, at any given moment, after a while you get to know. Yeah, yes. that would be a red food. That would be a yellow food. So when you're out and about or you don't have access to logging or researching, um, you learn, and it's fantastic. And the support, you know, I mentioned the support you get. Everybody is assigned a personal coach. And this is, this is, uh, this, I'm talking a real coach. Yeah, yeah. It's, like not, they're, it's they're not a they're robot. They're for you. Yeah. Pardon me? It's not a robot. No, it's not a robot at all. And my, I think we both have the coach. Um, her name is Olivia. Yeah, we have the same not coach. Not only will they answer your questions, they reach out to you first sometimes. Like I got up this morning and it was just a message. Hey, Fred, how is it going? Because we had had a dialogue over the past few days because since traveling, I've plateaued. You know, and she explained to me, I was a little bit disappointed. I've done a ton of walking. I've, for the most part, watched what I've been eating as much as you can when you're traveling. But I've plateaued. And she explained a lot more sodium and restaurant foods and, you know, um, how regular are you and all these things. 
So I went from disappointment to going, ah, Olivia's right. You know, I should relax a bit. There's a reason for this. Right. You went from disappointment to perspective. And that's what that's what yeah. Noom does for you. It gives you a perspective on food. It's nourishing instead of restrictive. It's a psychology-based approach. Here's a couple quick things before we wrap this up. More than 75% of users complete the program. More than 60% lose 5% or more of your body weight by 16 weeks. And more than 60% of Noom users engaged with the program keep the weight off for a year or more. Listen, it's early in 2022. This might be the time and this might be the program for you to finally lose the weight you've always wanted to and learn about food in a way that doesn't make it seem like you're not getting to eat your favorite things. Sign up for your trial and get a psychology-based support and motivation to reach your goals at Noom, N-O-O-M dot com slash HF 2022. That's N-O-O-M dot com slash HF 2022 and sign up for your free trial. Well, there you go. Let me just uh, say, uh, give a message to our next guest and bye. Yeah, it's crazy. Again, Olivia got back to me this morning and she talked me off a ledge. She did. (laughs) (laughs) No, honestly, because she pretty much, you know, explained that a lot of it's just water retention. From You don't think you're getting a lot more sodium, but, you know, the odd thing you buy that you wouldn't normally buy at home. And uh, it all makes sense. And, and I know we wrapped it up officially, but I want to tell you one thing, too, that I've really been impressessed with. Because you, you reminded me of, we went out for sushi the other night, Rachel and I. And, of course, there's more sodium with the soy sauce and things. And, oh, so and, yeah. and the next day, you know, I, I hadn't, I sort of was at the same. And, and as you say, oh, because and you forget there's so much extra salt. But whenever I go to look up something, or as I say to Rachel, time for some logging. It's logging time. I, I'm so impressed by how many brand names. Like when you shop or you look up a food, a food. There's so many food items in the database of this thing that you never really have to. Like I put in sashimi, and it said this many pieces, this many calories. I was like, oh, okay, cool. It's ma- it, my point is, it makes it super easy. You don't have to do a lot of extra work. No. And I'll tell you, even I've da- you know whole wheat bread, Dempster's whole wheat bread at home is a green food, actually. So I wanted a whole wheat bread when I got down here. All I could find close to me was this Arnold's. Well, I put that in, and it comes up, the actual brand of that bread, and I found out that that particular one is a yellow. So I'm still looking for a green. Oh, man. You know what? (laughs) I just think it's funny that somebody who hadn't heard us since the 90s, you know, they say heard they heard we had a they heard we had a podcast. They're like, oh, yeah, I remember Humble and Fred. I wonder what they're like now. And then we're like, oh, yeah, yellow foods are the best. (laughs) Anyway, uh, we really do. You know, and and I'm glad you said what you said there at the beginning. Listen, we do a lot of endorsements and we we believe in the people that support our program in this particular case obviously it's just been for a couple months but we're both really enjoying it i've you know i've tried to lose weight before i've never i'm down lower than i've been for many many years and i can't i can't, it's it's happening so um effortlessly mm. You're like a stick man. Yeah. <laughs> Not quite. It was as funny because Rachel said to me the other day, she goes, you're really starting to look like, you know, you're losing some weight. I said, thanks. She goes, yeah, you're muffin top. I said, what? She goes, I said, you know, the little roll at the top of my my belt area. I go, my muffin top. I said, don't you mean my love handle? She goes, oh, yeah, 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 that. So now whenever I'm in my, whenever I'm in my bathing costume, I'm like, hey, how's my muffin top now, honey? Anyway. 
Um, we have our uh, next guest uh, from another you know, great client. They're standing by, so we'll get to them in a second. Um, so you're going to golf today. We've got Tony Clement coming up. So what's going to happen on the show today is we're going to talk to somebody from uh, one of our other uh, supporters from GoDaddy in a second or two. Then we're going to talk a little bit about what's going on in Occupy Canada. That's what I'm calling it now. Mm-hmm. I got a couple of radio things I wanted to uh, share with you, some stations I've been listening to. And and, and uh, I'm wondering, do you, it's, this is the most real radio I've listened to in a long time. I mean, non-satellite, non you know, okay. Bluetoothing it. Mm-hmm. Some good stations down here. Talk stations? Uh, no. Uh, well, I, you know, I, I listen, we listened to an AM station the other night uh, for the last quarter of the Super Bowl. But no, I've been listening to uh, some FM stations in this area. And, mm-hmm. and I wanted to run. There's a station in L.A. called The Wave. And it's sort of a, you know, all AC pop rock. But they do this thing. Have you ever heard of this where they shorten the songs? They just play the hooks. Mm-hmm. I've heard of that. I was saying to Rachel, so we're listening to these songs, and it's interesting. All of a sudden, like a song would come on Hotel California, and it would be through half the length of, of the real song. What's the point? They they shorten it so that you're just getting the highlights. They're not playing all the the, the solos and all the bridges. It's just sort of like and, and I said to her after about three or four songs, I'm like, all of those songs are shorter than the originals because there's no way those three songs played in that time. What's the philosophy though? I, I don't. You know, I guess the philosophy is we play the most music. Secondly, the philosophy is in a attention span shortened world mm. you only want the parts of the song that you know you know and like and then all the other crap they just cut out isn't it very frenetic though that's the impression i get like my goodness slow down no yeah fred's asking if it's frenetic it's almost like you don't even notice it if you're oh, not okay. paying attention like if you don't know that sultans of swing is a six and a half minute song and it's three minutes and right. 50 seconds all you know is you heard the part of the song you like, and then you hear the next song, and it's Beyonce, and it's the favorite yeah. part of Beyonce's song. Right. Well, Sons of Swing, I get that. There are some songs that didn't need to be six and a half minutes. I, I would say that's one. There's a, a lot of songs like that. Yeah. Well, Hey Jude would be one of them. I mean, Hey mm-hmm. Jude's got three minutes of na 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 na. And what this, yeah. and I've heard of this format before, but anyways, it was one of those things where we were listening to it, and it was a while before I realized they've jammed. A, and then I guess the idea is they can say we play the most music, or they give yes. the impression that they're playing the most music. Yeah, the whole concept is interesting. You know, um, I've heard of it. I haven't heard it, but I've heard of it. And I guess I can, you know, it's just an attempt, I guess, by commercial radio to do something different. Yes. Because obviously that's what they need to do. So uh, hopefully it works for them. Um, but but you're, it's an interesting point about it being a frenetic format. It really, it's so subtle that if you don't know though, if you don't, and your brain doesn't register anything except, oh, that's my favorite part of the song. The other station we're listening to here, I only mention it. It's called the Studio One Hundred Point Nine, the Studio, and the uh, the guy that's doing the radio station imaging sounds like the people who live down here. 
Oh, okay. Meaning like he sounds like an old guy. He's like, you're listening to 100.9, the studio. Like he's like, he's like some old guy. And the format is songs from the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. It's like Rachel said, every song ever recorded, because you've got this older demographic, so they go from like Brenda Lee to, you know, Dire Straits to back to something, you know, something from the 70s. It's pretty interesting. Well, I know. Well, I've told you about that station I listen to at home, and you've got to check it out out of Halliburton. It's called The Canoe, and it's a volunteer station. And people just, they come in with, you know, a stack of records of their own or whatever, and it's it, they'll go from one extreme to the next within 10 minutes. It's it, it's really interesting. It, well, and, and, and what I like about this, and I listen to it in the, in the whenever I'm traveling around the Palm Springs area, because it, it's, you know that the next song you pro, is probably something you know, and it's certainly for yeah. people of our demo. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so here we are, Living in America, and uh, we're very pleased to be able to Welcome our guest this morning. <laughs> Very experienced uh, technology marketing leader and business developer. Young Lee is the director of marketing at GoDaddy Canada. Young, can you hear me? I can. Can you hear me? Yeah, you sound great. Good morning. Uh, my fancy mic. <laughs> I don't know if you know this. I'm in Palm Springs. Fred's in Panama City, Florida. Where do we find you this morning? Well, you can find me in, um, I guess, somewhat lukewarm Toronto today because it's uh, eight degrees, apparently. So uh, oh. I'm happy about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Put on the shorts. Exactly. You know, yeah. when we left about 10, 10 days ago, Youngly, it was... Uh, it was brutal, and that was one of the worst uh, Januarys that I can remember. So it's great to have you here with us this morning. Um, want to talk a little? We want to talk a little bit about GoDaddy, but let's just talk a little bit about you and your career journey. What led you to work for this company? Yeah, um, I it, you know, my career journey has been really interesting. Um, you know, I always went into, wanted to go into marketing, so I knew that at, at a young age I wanted to study marketing. So when I got out of school, I I uh, entered technology right away. I think that was the opportunity um, during the early 2000s that tech is where I wanted to be. And so I started off at Bell Canada uh, in their tech division, which was a very emerging business back then. And soon after I I joined Microsoft, Um, I think I was like 22 when I started there full time. And I spent a majority of my career at Microsoft, uh, about 11 years. Uh, and I always say to people when you're in technology, you know, um, 11 years is a long time to commit to any company, yeah. especially in these days. But mm-hmm. um, back then it was it's, it was so exhilarating because it was changing all the time. So my job and everything I was um, tasked to do and um, it was always interesting. So after 11 years, I guess I was looking for a different experience. And um, I joined a, a like a smaller tech startup company. And, uh, you know, I wanted to get out of this corporate vibe and see what was on the other side. And man, it was really eye opening. I basically had to unlearn everything that I learned in this 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 corporate structure, uh, especially like a company from Microsoft and and really adapt to a different method of, of marketing. 
and uh, it was humbling. And I was surrounded by these young adults, like very young adults. I can't call them kids because that's offensive, but I felt I was the oldest and um, they inspired me. They were very entrepreneurial spirited and right. they, they just were so bold and they would always challenge me like, well, young, why wouldn't we do this? Let's just test it and, and do it. And I would be like, yeah, you know what? I can't argue with you. You <laughs> make sense. And so they inspired me to uh, start some side hustles um, on some passion projects. You know, I was inspired by these, these young adults and I started a skincare line, um, which I know we'll talk about a bit more. Um, but then shortly after that, uh, my husband, he, he wanted to uh, finally open up his restaurant. And so I wanted to support him um, as he kind of supported me on this, this journey that I did. And when I did my skincare line full time for a year, it was probably the most vulnerable time of my life um, for many good reasons. But uh, I said, okay, you know what? You you go open up this restaurant. I'm 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 here for it. And I decided to go back to the industry. Um, we were just uncomfortable, you know, both being, I guess, entrepreneurs and uh, not being able to pay the mortgage or something. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so, it's not as it's, so, it's it's funny. It's one of those things. If everyone if, if it was easy, everyone would do it, but it's not. Yeah, it, it really isn't. And um, so I went back, but it was really hard to figure out where I belonged. And um, I think when you have like a very um, an entrepreneurial experience, the idea of going back to like a corporation or a big company where you're looking for some financial stability, um, it's not easy. It's no. not an easy transition. And um, uh, in between there, uh, I had a baby. Uh, I had a, I had a child. We had. Can a, we still call child. them babies? Is that okay? I say, uh, or I baby? Still, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we still call them babies. I still call her baby. She's four now, but oh um, my goodness, call her baby. And she got upset, but you know she's going to be my baby forever. And uh, and then when Jill and Ann approached me, they said, "Hey, you know why come to GoDaddy? Come come be part of our team." And I know you guys know Jill and Ann. They were on the show. Yes, of course. Um, but I was reluctant, right? I was like, I don't know. This is, I, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know if it's right for me. But when I learned more about the culture there and that I would be part of this uh, mission to empower small businesses with all these tools and solutions, like this community that was so close to my heart from like my, 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 my husband having a small business, mm-hmm. uh, myself having these side hustles, I'm like, sign me up. And uh, that's how I ended up at GoDaddy, and it was the best of both worlds, and I'm, I'm so happy I did it. And now here I am talking to you guys. Well, yeah. that's which has got to be a highlight. I'm yeah. sure. The sure highlight right yeah. here at this moment. That wow. I'm, I'm on Forget the, the baby, the restaurants, yeah. the go. It's all yeah. about the. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and you, you talk about being inspired by those young people in the side hustle. I mean, this whole gig economy, I mean, that's yeah. what it's all about nowadays. You know, as it you really explain. It's just yeah, not really one. You can't go into something just thinking one job. You got to think obviously outside the box and, you know, maybe two, three things at once. Yeah. And I think that's, um, and I think that's a beautiful thing. I think, you know, um, like my immigrant family, like my parents migrated here from South Korea and, um, you know, they were small business owners and I saw the struggle. I also saw them prosper when I was young, um, you know, in the in the 80s, um, 70s, when the early 70s, when they came here. But then I saw the downside. And I think what they always said to me was, you know, that mentality back then was young. You know, when you grow up, you know, don't do what we do. This is tough. Like, this is not mm-hmm. OK. Mm-hmm. We want you to go join a, you know, a corporation. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. 
get some stability. Uh, and get benefits. Benefits. Get the health plan and yeah. uh, and live a good life. And that yeah. was what they drove. Well, right? it, and uh, today it's different. Well, it's, it's interesting you know, that you're like, like, like a lot of immigrant families, you know, my grandparents came here from Russia and had a small business. And, and, and it's interesting that that sparks an entrepreneurial spirit and passion. But GoDaddy supports that. That's what GoDaddy is yeah. all about is supporting people's, you know, getting people's ideas out there. Tell us a little bit more about, um, you know, so your, how your business has transitioned into a side hustle. And then we'll talk about how GoDaddy's values mirror your own. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think my first inspiration um, was my was my family um, starting their business here. They opened up a uh, an art and furniture shop, and I think like statistically, they're one of those statistics. I think Canada um, Statistics Canada says that uh, one out of four newcomers that come to this country will become a small business owner, and mm-hmm. that's their intention plan. So that first inspired me. And I think at a young age, um, I knew somewhere down the line, even though they were telling me that I shouldn't do this, um, that I wanted to do this. And um, uh, it was always going to be at the right time. So um, my 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 businesses were kind of born out of uh, a problem that I wanted to solve. Right. Um, It was starts off as a passion project. You know, I had a full time job. Um, but I was tinkering and trying to uh, figure out how I can make these um, clean uh, beauty skincare products that like 10 years ago um, didn't exist. It was very hard to come by. And as I got into the ingredients and getting to know this highly unregulated industry, how unsafe these, some of these products were. So I started dappling and, and that's when I created um, um, my, my, my skincare line for men. In fact, it wasn't women. It was a men's line. I know. Um, I need skincare. Yeah, well, you know, you're talking to the right person. Um, I learned a lot about it, and um, and I thought that was an opportunity. It was called Uncle Peter's Man. Uh, I was really proud of this line. Oh my gosh, I think I have this as a vintage bottle. I I don't know if mm-hmm. you can see this, but that, oh, that's that was great. It. Yeah, and uh, it was this organic skincare line for men and beard care, and um, it was this untapped market. And so I started experimenting. And next thing I knew, I, my products were in like 30 stores and retail um, stockists across Canada. And uh, I was like, you know what? I think I can do this. Um, but, you know, having a full-time job and, and, and going, when I went back to work um, because of my husband opening up his restaurant, it's definitely not easy. It's, it's a commitment for sure. And I think you have to have expectations of, of trying to maintain it as a side hustle. Yes. And I think that's the key thing um, of making sure that happens. And um, and I, I want to talk about something really interesting. It's like when you start a side hustle or you you have some you gain some success in doing a business, it is addictive. You know, it, even if that if it failed, if I had um, not been in over like 30 stockists across Canada in the first year, if that didn't happen, I think this whole experience of going yes, I can do something that I'm passionate about that's meaningful. You want to do it again. Yeah, I was you know? say you want to do it again. Right. It's interesting you say that because a lot of people from the corporate world, when they get a taste of the non-corporate world, when you're your own boss, listen, young Fred and I worked for big uh, media companies for a very long time. The last 10 years, we've had our own side hustle, which has become our own business. And we've said it many times. Uh, if we were offered a real radio job, I don't know that we would go back to it. And it's it, hard. It is yeah, hard. 
and Young, the, uh, you, you touch on it. The key is to actually do it. There's a lot of people out there thinking about it. Yeah. Maybe I should do this, but they just can't get out of the starting blocks. You did. On some degree, yeah. we did. What would yeah. you tell What would you tell to a young person that's sitting there thinking about, you know, if they have an idea, they have the intention, but just can't get going? They can't launch. Yeah, mm-hmm. I. It's, it's a great question, and I, I'm certainly within that boat. Um, during that time when I made that decision, I think mm-hmm. what's great about young people today is that the values are a lot different. You know, they, I, they probably don't have parents that I did. My South Korean parents, you know, yelling at me that, you know, this is not the way to do it. You need to go <laughs> stay at a corporation. Um, but today, I think these kids, like they just um, are young people. They, you know, they have these aspirations and they see other people doing it their age and they can do it. So the advice I'd say is the best advice I ever got um, was, don't spend too much time planning, you know, or, you know, structure would say, make your business plan, um, et cetera. And, you know, do all that research. I think that's important. You want to do your diligence, but you also be paralyzed and not executing. And so the best advice I got from my friend, Frank, unfortunately, who's not with us anymore. He was a serial entrepreneur and he said, just, just go get this idea online, like go register your domain, right. um, you know, create your website. And that is what excited me, like creating this website. And but mm-hmm. you may not have all the pieces, right? You might um, get to the about me section or about us and then go, OK, well, what is my what is my brand mission? Right. Uh, well, I better think about that or um, my products. I need photos like, OK, well, what do I want my brand to look like and feel? You have to force to think that way. And that forces you to just keep going. And I think that's the great way. Um, that you don't have to have it all figured out. You know, Young Lee, um, I've got to wrap things up here, but I would say yeah. that, and, and, you know, if anything, the last couple of years has showed us that there's opportunities for people who have entrepreneurial spirit and there are places like GoDaddy that can support people's side hustle. Uh, and as you say, sometimes it's just a matter of just go dom- go register your domain name. Get it started because, you know, that old thing about, you know, that uh, uh, the journey of a thousand miles begins with a step. And maybe that first step for some people is to go to GoDaddy.ca and at least yes. get that process started because the next thing you know, there's another step and another step. Thanks so much for this morning it was very Thank interesting you for having me. and uh, what a pleasure I hope this was nice uh, for you it was it was so fun. Thank you so much to you both and thanks for having me again. All right, Thank Director you. of Marketing, there's Young Lee. Thank you very much. GoDaddy.ca is where you find out more. And you can just, can you let yourself out of the Zoom room? I, I, I'm letting myself let out. Let yourself Bye. out. <laughs> Thank you. I don't, I don't, because I don't like to hit remove. It makes me nervous. Bye, guys. <laughs> Take care. See you later. You know, for uh, a lot of people who want to start their own businesses, I mean, you and I, I remember after about a year, my friend David, Dave White from, uh, QLD said, you know, you and Fred just passed a milestone. I said, why? Because he's been an, you know, he had his own business. He said, most businesses don't get to a year. And when we got to five years, he said the same thing. Very few businesses do. And part of that is because, uh, you know, it's not for everybody. But if you're somebody that, you know, wants to at least give it a shot, GoDaddy's a great place to start. But Young, uh, she touched on something very important. She said, you know, if she hadn't have got those 30 stores right out of the yep. the gate, you know, things may have turned out differently. But the fact that it did inspire her to do more. And uh, maybe that's the situation we're in. You know, things came together for us pretty early and kept yeah. us going, enabled us to keep going. And we know there's been a lot of people that have tried this, what you and I are doing. And the return wasn't there 
quick enough, so they they gave up. No, that's exactly right. And um, let me get Tony started here. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, we had a couple of things we've talked about. <clears throat> excuse me, not the least of which was uh, Gary Slate. You know, we started in October. The very first time somebody gave us any actual money was, uh, you know, Slate Communications through our friend Bill Hertz. And that, you know, the funny thing is that first sponsor, it gave us a little bit of operating capital, but it also gave us uh, encouragement, which I would say for a lot of ex-broadcasters, you know, they're looking for the same situation they had when they were you know, working for a radio company like this guy we talked about yesterday, this kid Carson guy, you know, he's going to find out maybe we're wrong, but you know, when you start asking people to give you money, it's a different, whether it's sponsorship or listeners, it's a, it's a lot. We took 10 years before we asked our listeners for a dime. Mm -hmm. And I think, and you mentioned that kid Carson guy, I think for that to work, you pretty pretty much have to have a national name too yes because you got to throw a wide blanket no it's a great point to get enough people to subscribe to make it financially viable and to tell you the truth i don't know who he is and i don't know how many people in eastern canada would what's the incentive to subscribe to that um podcast if you've never heard of the guy you know? I, I can't think of anyone well listen we had you know we use this term a lot we had brand equity in the biggest market in the country and we still didn't have enough listeners to to, to make it a subscription-based product yes um and, and again we talked about this yesterday we threw it around for a while we just didn't think mm-hmm. it was going to be viable uh speaking of uh, podcast hosts that uh, we admire here he is the host of another thing podcast tony clements can you hear me? Is, there he is. Tony. There's our fella. There's Tony. You can't hear us? You can't oh. hear us. Well, that's... How could that be? We he's can see you. Show. He's been on the show so many times. Yeah, he's gone he's now. He's gone. He's gone. He is gone. He'll come back, though. By the way, also, if we get a chance this morning, there's so many interesting stories about, uh, for instance, Tim Hortons is experiencing a... Uh, a big uh, uptick in their, you know, profitability from last quarter due to the beebs. You know, and that's such a great story. I mean, you talk about genuine endorsements. Oh, yeah. You know, he he had actually talked to them. But is there anything I can do with you guys? Because I grew up on this product. Yeah. I grew up on Tim Bits and Tim Horton's uh, hot chocolate. <laughs> T- Tim, Tim Beebs have doubled the profits last quarter. Uh, for Tim Hortons, he, uh, t- Tony, we we can see you. Tony says he can't hear a thing. Well, that sucks. That's too bad. He's been on here a million times. Mm-hmm. He's a veteran podcaster, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, there's going to be shows like this. Everybody, it's just going to be like this some days. You know, where we stop, we start. There oh, we there go. We, can you hear us now? Yes, I can hear you now. Sorry about that, guys. <laughs> Tony, Tony, it's okay. You know, like I, I was just saying to forever, there's this show has been, we've been doing these, we've done so many shows, not all of them are going to be seamless. And this one is, we've already had to stop once. Uh, I mentioned the, uh, and another thing podcast, uh, the host is with us, Tony Clement, of course, a former assistant manager of the country <laughs> to the regional director, uh, Tony Clement. How are you, my friend? How are things? Uh, it's February in Canada. What can I tell you? Yes. 
Yes, unprecedented though. Every in Canada. Yeah, it's a uh, crazy, crazy times we're we're living. And I, I posted an innocuous. Uh, I do this every year on my social media. I post a. It's the yesterday was the uh, anniversary of the uh, creation and, and adoption of the of the Maple Leaf flag. That's right. Mm. It's, it's it's our national flag day, and so I posted, you know, Happy National Flag Day, you know, and like this all of a sudden, oh well, you know, it's not a good flag now, and you know, people on both sides saying, I weep for our our, our country now, yeah. and I'm going. I just I'm just like, can we at least for one day be proud that we're Canadians? I don't know. Well, during these times when those guys in Ottawa, those so-called freedom fighters, are wearing the flag when they're pissing all over the country, that's tough to take, too. And I think it comes from yeah. that as well. Um, oh, 100%. Like that, mm-hmm. that, was the, that was where they were coming from. You're right. Mm-hmm. Brett. Yeah. But you know what? It's interesting, too. I, I had written down that the uh, Canadian flag is 57 years old. The, the flag that we... You know, that is our, you know, again, I know a lot of younger people would be like, what? It hasn't always been that way. Here's an interesting thing. And Tony, you probably know this being a, you know, politician and a, and a, um, a fan of history that the actual discussion of a new flag began in the 1920s. <laughs> so we, they started to, our, our country started debating a new flag for 45 years. So it's not like we're living, I know we're living in unprecedented times, but those people back in the 1920s, 30s, 40s, 50s, can we finally get a flag, please? Well, yeah, I think it's a, that, that's so peak Canada, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, the key thing, too, is about a flag is that it, at the beginning, when they're trying to plan it, they tend to overthink it and put too much stuff on it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like this and that, and this means this and this means that. I love our flag. It's just really so simple. Um, I just love it. And obviously, no matter what your flag is, you have a sense of pride when you see it. But, yeah, I love the Canadian flag. Um, I love it, too. And when I see it upside down with with the uh, swastika on, I find it disturbing on so many levels. And, and Tony, obviously, you're our, a friend of ours. You've become a, a contributor to our program and somebody that we ad- admire for a lot of different reasons. And, you know, you've always been so honest and forthcoming, even when there was, you know, uh, uh, some times you were going through that were uncomfortable. I always admired how you just, you know, stood up to it. But my question to you is, as a guy that was in the conservative government of Canada... How do you reconcile what's happened to the Conservative Party of Canada? Well, I, I think we're talking about two different things. There's the Conservative Party of Canada, and then there's the, the so-called trucker protests. They're, they're not one and the same. And in fact, uh, the uh, interim leader of the Conservative Party has said it's time to go home to the, the, the convoys in front of the yeah, but, but if I so, may, if I may just jump in so first, but no, same. but first she said, yeah. but she said it was time to go home. But first she was like, this is great. You know, first she was like, Pierre, what's his dick? Um, they're all supporting this. He's, they're saying you're great people. Cause I got to tell you, Tony, yeah. you're going to have a tough time in the conservative party getting people to vote for you anymore. Well, I, I don't know whether we can predict the future, Howard. Uh, you know, uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. And I would say that let me let me say a couple of things. Uh, firstly, um, I, I have this saying, and I, I've probably used it on your program. People vote for change, but they don't vote for chaos. And, uh, you know, what's been happening the last couple of weeks is chaotic. And uh, Justin Trudeau is going to wear this, too. 
he's going to wear it big time because he is in power. And when there's chaos happening, when you're in power, you wear it. So is this bad for the Conservative Party? You could, you could be right. But I can I can guarantee you this is not good for Justin Trudeau. And in fact, the polling that has come out has, has reinforced that's a good, that. No, that's a good point. You're right. You know, so that that's the first thing I'd say. And and I really think that it has been a dereliction of duty or of leadership of Mr. Trudeau that, um, you know, he he went out of a limb right at the get go of this of this uh, protest and said, you're all a bunch of white supremacists jerks i'm I'm paraphrasing uh and um and when when you say that you can never meet with them that 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 avenue is closed you can never meet with them because they're white supremacist jerks why would you want to meet with them Uh, so he he lost the ability to he lost control of the situation when he did that and so his recourse this week is to invoke the Emergencies Act, which is formerly known as the War Measures Act. Uh, last time uh, we had this in this country was the FLQ crisis in October 1970, when uh, the Quebec Labour Minister was kidnapped and, and killed, and the uh, uh, High Commissioner from the UK was kidnapped. Uh, so you know those were you you perhaps remember those times? Yeah, as I do. absolutely, they, they sure. Were, they were crazy times with real terrorists. Uh, mailbox bombs and the, the whole thing going on. So that's the last time it was invoked by Pierre Elliott Trudeau. And it was controversial then. Uh, I, I happen to think it was the right decision. Uh, now we have the Emergencies Act uh, being invoked for what exactly? Like, okay, well, really, okay. Why are I, I've we got it. Hold on. Can, I want to yeah. jump in now because, you know, we don't have forever. Uh, I've never voted liberal. I jumped from NDP to conservative. I don't like Justin Trudeau. Why would he, Tony, want to talk to those people? Why would you legitimize them at all? Uh, that I do. I don't. Yeah, I don't understand. It. Not, this and, guy. It's a great question. On. This Pierre Pouliev or whatever his name is. Pouliev. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, his in his position with the Conservative Party five days ago. I'm proud of the truckers. He is proud of people that use kids as human shields. He's proud of people that take gas and fuel into downtown Ottawa. I don't want to talk about the liberals. Yeah. You know what? Trudeau was screwed up a bit. Yeah, he should have nipped it in the butt earlier. But you know what? He nailed those guys in the very first week. He knew who they were, and that's who they are. So that's 100% of all the protesters across the country. Pretty much. Now, you know, because the decent people went home, Tony. The decent people went home. And you know what? I don't want to play these games anymore. We know who those people are. They all have the same profile. You know, they found these trucks at Coots with the with the with the guns and the cache of sure. guns or whatever they want to talk about it. What are in those trucks in Ottawa? I'd like to know. Maybe Trudeau should open those trucks up. Let's have a look and, Let's and just find and, out who and, these people are. To Fred's point as well, you know, you say that in 1970 it was a it was terror terrorism and and all. But yeah. what is terrorism if not gasoline, kids as shields? You know, mm-hmm. you talk about. I've got some of the list of of the funding of this thing. What's really scary, Tony, is taking everything fred and i have just said the people that are supporting this are are um, half of them the donors are american this guy from new brunswick the easy clean guy who spent 75 grand on this convoy some of that money came from the canadian government i mean it's it's if this isn't chaos i don't know what is here's here's the problem no, one sure. more thing here. Well, I, it's at the top of my head. You know, we're falling into this American thing where we're so polarized. You know, I know this is politics and you can't, you know, sometimes you can't help. But 
fall on your favorite side or play for your team. But this has gone beyond political now. What Justin Trudeau is saying, the conservatives, they got to meet in the middle. What's going on is wrong. Those are evil people. They're up to no good. Let's recognize it. Don't play these games. Again, this Pierre guy in Candace Bergen, she's still, you know, she, you know, go home, but there's still some sort of defense for them. And it's all Trudeau's fault. He didn't put those trucks in Ottawa. Yeah, they should have. They should never have been allowed to go there. So and, t- and he does have some blame. But let's get to the to the meat of this. These are these are insurrectionists. So what they you want s- to change the government for us. Yeah. So what do you think about that? Tom? Yeah, you know, uh, I, I, I've heard you say that uh, before. And um, I can tell you lots of times when I was on Parliament Hill, there were lots of people who wanted Harper out immediately, like the sure. next day. I mean, that, that's something you do at protests. Harper out, you know, Harper's <laughs> yeah, criminal, whatever. There were protests you know, like you, this, the, though, the, the rhetoric gets a bit out of control. And, and uh, that's, that's really unfortunate. The other thing I'd like to say is, you know, that there's a little bit of situational ethics going on right now. And I'm not... not saying on this program saying generally in this country oh there's some ethical problems on this program tony but that's not that's a whole others that's a a whole other part of the humble and fred experience um i think what is unprecedented Um, i I know we're not giving you a chance because we're you're our you you have to understand you're our only contact um that's political so if it sounds like we're we're jumping on you it's only because we're you know it's we don't have anyone else to talk to so Fair please deal. continue. No, no, I, I guess the, the, the point I wanted to make was, you know, look, if there is foreign funding involved with this, that is wrong and it, and it, and it should not happen. I, I agree with that. But where were the people who were upset by the foreign funding of radical, apocalyptic and eco-terrorist groups when they blew up pipelines in, in Western Canada a few years ago? You know, this has been happening for a while. And it, and it shouldn't happen at all. That does not excuse what's happening now. But uh, as I say, there's a bit of situational ethics going on where uh, the, uh, the people that, that uh, were in favor of fewer pipelines didn't bat an eye. Uh, you mentioned the flags at the protest. They should not have Confederate flags. They should not have Nazi flags, even if they were trying to make a point about the current government. You right. shouldn't use those symbols of hate. I, I agree with you. Where was the outrage when a counter-protester last weekend was waving the hammer and sickle flag, uh, which uh, would, which is representative of tens of millions of uh, people in the world oh. dying? Uh, you know, including Jews, I might add. Uh, mm-hmm. So, so uh, you know, again, situational ethics. I'm not saying one is better than the other, but I'm saying we have to dial down the rhetoric here. Mm-hmm. Like, because well, I don't like it. The thing that I don't like, and I know you've talked about it, is here we are, Canadians yelling at other Canadians. Yeah. I, I feel like this is, an, and the American media, you've mentioned this, is, is playing all this up, you know. I don't feel good about it right now, and I know you don't feel good about uh, Tony, it. I, I, said, I just want the situation to end. Yeah, and I said to Fred, one of the first things that I said when we got back on the air a couple of days ago is that, you know, it not only did it make me nervous, I'm sort of like we've lost, I feel like we've lost some innocence and the high moral yeah. ground that I certainly felt smug the last four to five years since Trump came down the escalator. I said, it's all gone now because here we have uh, a glimpse inside the Canadian zeitgeist i'm from western canada you know i i i'm i was in the alberta in the 80s when the aryan nation set up headquarters in you know the southern alberta area i get all that but it's just i guess a bit 
sad that we aren't who we thought we were. And, and, and as a conservative, and I still, you know, last election, voted conservative. Here's the deal. As a conservative, I think the best thing that the conservatives could have done was held a news conference and say, Mr. Trudeau, we're going to work for you. With you, I mean. This is wrong. Yeah, you should have had them out there, uh, out of there earlier. This should never got to this point. From this, But right now, we're working with you for the betterment of our country. And that didn't happen. I hang it on the conservatives. As much as I despise Trudeau, I look at the entire landscape and think, what's happened? And the conservatives have made it worse, not Trudeau, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I, I think I, um, I, I'm going to respectfully disagree on that okay. in, in the sense that, that, that Justin Trudeau was flailing in the last election campaign. Uh, he was losing to Aaron O'Toole, and then he, he latched onto an issue. Uh, it was the vaccination issue, and these anti-vaxxers mm-hmm. were going crazy and protesting his every movement, and he latched onto that issue, and he made made it about these anti-vaxxers being terrible people and and basically using the rhetoric of the other that these people are worse than us they're terrible people they're you know they're they're in you know they're making our health choices a lot worse uh and and um i he won the election it it won it got him votes uh no question about it and it discombobulated the conservatives uh, and uh, it got him the momentum he needed, but at what cost? Because when you start dividing Canadians like they do, uh, and and the the uh, some of the people involved in this protest are, I would say, professional protesters, but some of them genuinely feel that they have no voice, and that, 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 that and then when they are, when they see themselves in the media on the CBC or CTV or wherever, people, other Canadians, including government people, are sneering at them. And and making them feel like lesser humans yeah, because they have a different point of view. And, and Tony, I get that, and, and I would I, and I would say, you know, I, I said this actually when we were still in Toronto, and I said there are people in this in this movement that aren't who we think they are, not the professionals. I was talking about innocent Canadians that got swept up in this, who came to Ottawa with legitimate, like they were out of out of, out of you know, we'll say noble uh, intentions. But I think that's the minority, to be honest with you. The reason they're getting sneered at is because the rest of us have spent two fucking years with masks on doing what we were supposed to. And we're like and we're all wondering, what is this freedom you're uh, you're talking about? Because we've so we're the ones that have sacrificed. We got vaccinated. We stayed out of malls. Uh, we, we shut down the economy for the greater good. And all of a sudden they're just like, well, we're we're tired of the pandemic. So we're going to march to Ottawa and end all of it. When I saw that press conference with that, I don't know who he was saying we're here to meet with the senate we're going to form the next government i'm like what since when but you know what i mean we sacrificed the three of us and and people like most canadians aren't these people but i do admit and, and acknowledge tony that some of these canadians that are swept up in this they're getting sneered at because they shut down the capital city of the country you know what I mean? They're getting sneered at because they're asking for freedom at the same time. They're saying we also uh, don't like brown people and Jews. And I mean, there's there, there's a lot of reasons you're getting sneered at because, you know, we're all we're all frustrated, too. You know, right. like the the freedom rally took away the freedom of the people in Ottawa. And I know people that live in Ottawa, totally intimidated, sure. afraid, yeah. even they don't know if these people are nice or not. They just want to stay away from them 
because, you know, they're burning things in their streets and carrying tanks of propane yeah. and gasoline through their streets. So, yeah, they could be a little, you know, intimidated. And then these guys tr- were for the truckers. We're for these truckers that have prevented all these other truckers from making a living. Like 5% of truckers are speaking for the other 95% who are vaccinated and just want to sure. truck. Like, a, none of it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So why would... Can, why can would, I just... Yeah, why I, would I feel Justin bad for Trudeau Tony. Talk, why would Justin Trudeau talk to these people? Can, can I just... Uh, yeah, please answer. Uh, made, Tony, answer a, all these points that we're making. And I'm, I'm by the way, I'm going to give you a chance at the end of this and say, put on your assistant manager of the country yeah. hat and maybe tell us at the end what you would have done differently. I'm going to do it right now okay. because I have a story from uh, 2011, 2012, when, uh, when I was in government, senior cabinet minister, and we had uh, these idle no more protests in Ottawa and throughout the country. Indigenous rights, uh, pe- indigenous people felt aggrieved. They protested. I'm not saying for weeks in Ottawa, but they protested for days in Ottawa. And it culminated in a big protest that surrounded the prime minister's office. So nobody could get in or out. Okay. Now we we knew a way to get in or, in or out, but I will I will not dis- discuss it on your public program. But mm-hmm. we could get in or out of the prime minister's office. So yes. here's what Stephen Harper did. Here, here, you know, I don't know more indigenous uh, grievances. The, the government is racist, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, he convened a, an all day meeting with half his cabinet, including myself, with the protesters, with the, the leadership of the protesters. We sat down for a whole day in the prime minister's office including Jody Wilson-Raybould. She was part of the protesters. We sat down with them for a whole day. We, the prime minister sat there the whole day, listened to all the grievances, and then we worked on a plan to deliver on the things that we could deliver on. Uh, and and that's, what, that's what Stephen Harper did. You know, the great racist, the great Satan, you know, the, you know Stephen Harper's such a bad man. That's how he handled the biggest protest of his time. So I'm not saying you could say, well, that's different. I, I, and, and, I, and I get that. But surely to goodness, in a G7 country, we have the, the ability and the way to allow this not to escalate. And it has escalated. And I'm, uh, I'm very fearful of, of violence. Yep. Uh, and that's not the prime minister. The prime minister has to be there for all Canadians, even the dipshits. He has to be there <laughs> for everybody. And he has to find a way out. That's all I'm saying. But that protest, and you know how I felt about Stephen Harper. People still shake their head when I say I loved him as a prime minister. And I did. I still do. And I would stand behind him. I would defend him. But that protest you're talking about didn't involve gasoline and children being used as props. And 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 $300 million worth of, you know, economy disruption. But but I think it's a... You know, you, mm-hmm. you're allowed that. I think that's a good perspective. No, I, 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 I think there was a moment, maybe early, early on before it became, I don't know, the bouncy castle parties and the DJs and all that. Maybe there was a moment that he could have done something differently and may have diffused some of this. But that and that moment is past us now. And I, what you just said is, is I share your concern. I'm, you know, it's cool being down here and being a little bit removed from it. But I read about it every day, and I, I don't know where to put it, Tony, because it is a bit frightening. Yeah. You know, it's and dark. I had, it's dark. It's a dark time. I agree. Yes, and I, I had that conversation with my wife and my brother in law, my sister in law yesterday. It's like 
How are we going to, you know, we're so smug in Canada. And Howard and I have made this point over the years. We're smug in Canada, but there's so much about us that we should be embarrassed by as well. Obviously, the whole indigenous issue. Yeah. But even now, we're acting like Americans through this, where Canada traditionally would have come together to come up with a solution. Like, I'm not, when Stephen Harper was meeting with those indigenous people during that protest, I don't think the, the, the liberals were sneering at him at the time, were they? Like, the conservatives are sneering at Trudeau while he's trying to get through this debacle. So, I, I, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a good point. And, and I, 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 don't, I don't think conservatives should sneer at it. I, I think they, they should say, we've got to find a way out of this. And, yeah. uh, let's do this as Canadians. I, I think that that should be the message. Absolutely. But, but we, I think we also understand that, I mean, any, I think most people would get that the conservatives are like the liberals and the NDP. They're in the business of trying to stay in power slash get elected to be in power. So it's hard. And, and you could maybe speak to this. Obviously, you could. That how do you mitigate making decisions? And this is about anything that are good for the country at the same time mm-hmm. are good for your brand, whatever that brand is. How do you do that? And of course, it happened at, at, a, at a point of leadership change uh, within the party where we decapitated the leader uh, yeah. right exactly at the same moment. So there, I'm sure there was a lot of people speaking out of turn that uh, and not thinking it through. So I, I, I think I have to take that point. Uh, and uh, there has to be a more uh, a, a more a better approach by the conservative party on this. I agree. Tony, who did you get an email from that day? the day that they did that to O'Toole. You got an email from me. and Yeah, you did. Yeah, that's right. And I, and, and and I, I told you how upset I was. Not that I'm a huge O'Toole fan, but I'm thinking, what th- yeah. this guy's biggest crime is that he wants to move this parter, party a little more to the center, to be a little more compassionate, to be a little less right, to be a little more realistic of what Canadians and the world needs and wants right now. I was disgusted. So, where does it? Where do you go from here with the conservatives? Like, like I'm well, out. I, I right. quite, I'm out right now. Yeah. yeah. No. I, when, I, I, are I you going to be the leader? Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> Tony's like that ship sailed. But if I were the leader, <laughs> you were my friend, friend. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, no, I, but, listen, uh, Tony, I still support you. I don't support the conservatives, oh, but I'm a Tony no. Clement fan. I would love Tony Clement to be the leader because I know the type of person he is, and that's what we need. You know, I would. your slogan should be, time for Clement time. Anyway, no, I, I, I'll do a slogan for you later. But but get back to my point about... Orange, too. Dude, get back to... I called you dude. Uh, it, it can't be easy to be whatever conservative liberal ndp to can't be easy making decisions that are of the time you're in but also to protect the brand that you have mm-hmm. yeah yeah and and that's uh a time honored challenge that you've got to especially if you're a prime minister or leader of the opposition i'll go both ways on that but you've got to in some way represent the whole country without pissing off your base so much that they they think you're a turncoat or, or mm-hmm. a weasel or whatever it is right. right so they're they're all they're all in that box i it's not just trudeau in that box I, I, although i think he is in a box of his own making it's but it's 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 all of them are in that box a little bit easier for the ndp you know they, oh, yeah. they've got a more uh <laughs> insistent consistent group of people that all think the same way about sure if, you know, if you're if, you're, if they have all 
they have all the answers, right? They know they'll never have to. <laughs> well, that's what I was just going to say. It's easy yeah. being they, the they NDP. You can just say anything you want because it's, you're never yeah. going to be in charge. Uh, yeah. Listen, no, exactly. you know, Tony, you're, you're a good man for... Uh, you know, standing up to this nonsense on the Humble and Fred show, but you, you know us, you know, both of us are, you know, we're, you know, we're deep thinkers, Tony, but, um, I can tell you from being out from, I've spent half of my life in Western Canada, half of my life in Eastern Canada. I've said this to Fred and I'll say to you, one of the, one of the tragedies of this country, and I've lived in five provinces, is that a lot of people from out East, as we say, haven't really experienced Western Canada and vice versa. And I used to say this when I lived in Quebec, as I grew up with a lot of anti-Quebec sentiment. And I, and I, having lived there, I thought, you know, the problem with the people in Saskatchewan and Alberta, they don't know how great it is here. And the problem with Quebec is most of them have never left the province. Right. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of... Um uh, these two solitudes, uh, and now we've got three or four solitudes. Exactly, uh, and uh, and it, it doesn't. It's uh, like we. It's like when, it's like when the NHL expanded. We've got multiple solitudes now. Now we got the Seattle Kraken. <laughs> we've got the uh, St. Louis Blues with their shitty uniforms. Tony, how how do you say that guy's name? Pierre Polyev. Is it Polyev? Polyev. Now he'll probably be running for the leadership, right? Oh, he's already announced he is, yes. Oh, he has, okay. Do you know this guy? Can Could we get him on Very the well. show? Do you think I'll, he would I'll, come I'll on this him. podcast? <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll ask him. I'll ask him. Seriously, uh, you know, I haven't made my decision on who I'm supporting yet for leader, uh, but I will be uh, actively involved, I'm sure. But and, no party uh, you wants to do it, eh? <laughs> no, 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 no. That You're right. That ship has sailed. But okay. uh, I, I still consider myself uh, what we used to call an eminence grise like a kind of a guy in the background that people come to for advice you know that, like that, a professor kind of emeritus you're like a exactly right. exactly you know 25 years of elected politics is enough no i get it Matt, if but, you could get him on no, pierre i know very well he's a smart guy best communicator in the party sure and and he'll be he'll be a force to be reckoned with for sure but how how smart can he be when he says i'm proud of the truckers like i, I like I, yeah, I sort of get a loss there but that's for another day yeah. I, now, I it, we, we got to move on freddie because we're getting backed up here but tony i i can tell you man i respect the shit out of you yes. for uh, coming here love you and uh very kind well we are very kind and uh listen uh, if the three of us can't figure it out, I don't know who can, Tony. There you go. Well, there are a lot of people you in will. your position. A lot of people in your position wouldn't come on and answer the questions that you did today because I know avoidance is, you know, sometimes the key to success, right? So, yeah. uh, thank you, Tony. Um, and another thing, uh, thank pod- you for being the. Yeah, you're, you're a great, you're a great place, and I'm glad that you've got the audience you do because you deserve it. Thank, well, you know, if you want to spend a few more minutes, uh, I, as I tell all our guests, if you want, we, we're out of time, except for if you want to tell us how great we are. Uh, and Another Thing podcast is available wherever you find podcasts. Uh, we both had the opportunity to, to be part of it. And if you're looking, li- I know you liberals are going, eh, Vic and Tony Clement. You know what? Suck it. He's a, he's a bright mm-hmm. man. And, and sometimes we on the left, I'll conclude myself, even though I've voted conservative, uh, being the more liberal, it's good to hear the other perspectives you 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 taught me something today and i and i learned a little bit and and i'd forgotten about that um the idol no more and and it's easy for us to get swept up into they're all bad we're all good but that's not true 
and and I, that's the it's not liberal it's not conservative right now it's got to be canadian absolutely as to you're here you're okay here. and of course Tony, right, chaps enjoy your uh, enjoy your stint yes i love mckinta by oh, the way i love mckinta dude oh my god honestly mm-hmm. i'm so lucky um Anyway, we uh, we wish you the best. I was not trying to play God rest you, Mary, gentlemen. I was trying to play a little bit of... Oh, here we go. I, was, I know you're a guitar player, and there's uh, you know a nice little guitar piece in here. Uh, take care. Tony Clement, yeah. everybody. There Thanks, you go. Pal. See ya. Come Thanks, on. guys. Lunch soon. See ya. Mm-hmm. Yes, I want to come for lunch with Tony. I mm-hmm. I want to. I can talk no conservatism. Does he pay, by the way, or do we pay when we go for lunch with him? Oh no, I paid last time because you know, as a gesture of him being on the show all the time and absolutely you know, feeding off his uh, his brain. Yeah. You know, he was in a tough situation there. He's got to defend his party. I understand that, but at the same time, I appreciate the fact that you know he put up with that. I'm not going to say an attack, but well, it was a bit of <laughs> it was a little bit of an attack. Uh, I'll tell you what we can do. We can all agree that if you want, uh, we and we and we need to uh, pick up the pace here with a few of these. So let's get to it. If you want your cannabis at the lowest price, Canna Cabana makes it easy with over one. You want to talk about something that is bringing this country together? It's the 100 locations across Canada of Canna Cabana. Club members can enjoy unbeatable selection of cannabis. I'm telling you guys, I've been there. It it is like no other dispensary or cannabis store you've been in. Um, It's all there for you. Knowledgeable staff and unbelievable prices. It's not cheap cannabis. It's great cannabis at better prices, up to 70% off. Go check it out at cannacabana.com. Freddie? Yes, the Chambers Plan, uh, Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan is the official name. Go to chamberplan.ca to get all the information you uh, you need about your small business. Having a benefits package for your people, it's fantastic. Dental and uh, prescriptions and uh, travel insurance, the Teladoc system. You know, correspondence, if you have any questions, just a phone call away. They will all be answered for you. You really get a sense of security with the Chambers Plan. And yes, a small business can enjoy this. It is possible. Go to chamberplan.ca today. Get a free quote. It doesn't take long. You'll be pleasantly surprised about how you can do that. I mean, 30,000 Canadian businesses are part of it. Small business. Been around 40 years. Solid as a rock. Okay? Chamberplan.ca. Uh, I don't know if we're going to have much time for the uh, Dan Duran news here. He's just popped back in because we're uh, running a little bit late because we had the the, the pause and uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. So uh, I just wanted to get Dan in here. He's here now. Uh, he'll be back in a few minutes uh, with Humble and Fred News. Dan, what's on the uh, newscast today? I'll be talking about uh, sea level rise and uh, sex. Speaking of which, Dan was staying at my house last night, and um, now you stay in your room, right? You have uh, you're yeah. in your own room up there. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't go up to your room floor floor but did, room. But didn't you go get some uh, towels and such? Towels? Yeah, yeah. Well, for well, I didn't have a shower yet. I'm going to do that after the show. So you know, Fred, Thanks I, for asking. I just so people don't. Well, I was going to say, but just so just so people don't think that we're always making fun, you know, or making fun with Dan Duran's wiener just on the show. I want everyone to know that we do it off the air too. <laughs> so, yeah. 
So I sent Dan a note. I said, uh, Dan's girlfriend's name is Lisa. I said, by the way, there are clean towels for Lisa in my bathroom closet. Those are just for her. You can use your underpants to dry yourself. Because <laughs> he's so big, right? You see? His underpants that house the giant yeah. Dan dong, <laughs> they would be like most people's bath towels. Yeah. Oh, get it, man. Do you get, get it? it? <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't respond to that either. No, he doesn't. Yeah. No, he doesn't respond. No, I know. He never responds to this. No, he, you know, he's, he, he's above that. You, uh, you are a great host, even from, uh, from wherever you are in the world right now. By the way, is that, is that my fan going on in the background? I can really hear it now. I'm yeah, that's what you do every day. Is that really? That's the, that's the house. That's the house sound. Yeah. Is it really? I should. I should yeah. uh, turn that off. I never. Yeah. I, see, I don't hear it. I guess if I really concentrate it. Yeah, I can hear it because your headphones yeah. are tiny. Yes. <laughs> I was trying to formulate some kind of a joke. There's five floors in that uh, condo that you're in, and Dan's on one floor, and his peckers on another floor, or something. <laughs> yeah. But I, uh, I just yeah, couldn't. Yeah. Howard, come on, you can craft well, a joke. Well, yeah, ahead. Dan's watching TV while his wiener's shoveling the sidewalk. <laughs> there it is. I see how fast Howard is. He just can craft. Feel, you know, uh, we have top a, of his game. Top of his game. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I can. I've got a dick joke for every occasion. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, I don't know. If, like, I was really, I was sincere when I said, and I think you were too, when we were talking to Tony there about you know letting us sort of rant to him as a guy. Because listen, forget, forget all the other stuff about Tony. The guy was in the prime minister's office and in that party for a quarter of a century. Plus, he's a smart guy. You may not, you may not like his politics. I don't care if you do or not. Not you. I'm saying people listening. Mm-hmm. But you got to respect the fact that the rest of us have never been in the rooms and the discussions right. that guy's been in. Plus, right. he knows the secret passage. He knows the secret the way into the thing. Dan, did that, Dan, <laughs> yes. did that sound like an attack to you or a dis, an impassioned discussion? No, is it an impassioned discussion? I didn't think. I don't think he's going to walk away feeling attacked. Well, I, that's why I tried but to I soften to, it I mean, up at the I end think, there. Yeah, but the things need to be discussed. I think that's I think. right, Howard. And the, the thing is, Tony listens to this show. I think he knew what he was, what we were going to uh, address today. And how do you not? What would that say about us if we had Tony Clement on and we didn't ask those questions, right? You know, what we didn't do, and I had planned to, but after you and I sort of our opening, you know, remarks slash impassioned uh, um, attack, um, I've got some clips of the donor. The, the I have a guy talking about where the donors are actually from. But I wanted to ask, you know, you guys know the name of this Christian fundraising um, yeah. Group is called Give Send Go. Mm-hmm. Right. What exactly? I was going to ask him go where exactly, and I thought about it this morning. It's like, oh, Give Send Go to Heaven, because if you're raising money for a, a religious purposes, the go part must be to go to you know a better place. And I feel sorry for the people, the regular people on that donor list that did donate money, thinking they were. Supporting a virtue, you know, a righteous cause. You know, you say that the odd, you know, about, you know, you got to put yourself in the position of the way you're thinking. And I've tried to do that through this. I've, I've tried to put myself in the position where I actually take money to give to them. 
but I don't. I, I still don't understand their end game. You know what I mean? It's like okay, I'm giving money to the truckers in Ottawa because they want to. I don't have the answer to that. I, I none totally of it makes agree. Sense. I, I none said of it that. Makes sense. Yeah. I, I, and that's why I was doing like okay, freedom to do what? Like you're the freedom convoy, freedom from. And I, I, that's why I was getting a little bit pissed off there. We all sacrificed. We all did what we were supposed to do. We have freedom because we're we're being we were being good citizens. Mm-hmm. So what do you what do, how are you representing me and Fred and all the people and Dan and what's our what freedoms are you trying to achieve for us? And and, and what has happened or, or what has happened that they didn't sort of tell us about you know when this first came we needed to protect ourselves so there were lockdowns and then they said you should take the um the vaccine and numbers will go down so we isolated we took vaccines the numbers went down dramatically we were almost out of it then they said you know there could be a variant a variant came we had to do it again they said get a third dose this thing will dissipate and we'll be able to go back it's all happened so I I don't have any complaints from that standpoint. No, I know it's, it's all happened the way they sort of the the scientists said it would happen. And and Dan's had we've all had um, some experience with people on the other side of this discussion. You know, Dan's say maybe a little bit more than others. Dan and 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 I think it's perplexing to all of us. Like like I said, we were I feel like the goody goody kids that, that did what we were supposed to do. We got our homework done and the people that didn't are now pissed off that their fucking exam came back and they failed it because most what's true though. Most truckers are vaccinated. Most people in the country are against this thing. The, the numbers are showing uh, the polling numbers. Yes, Trudeau is. An, and Tony made a good point. He made a good point that Several. any, any, Buddy who is in charge during this is going to wear the stink of it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. it comes with the job. It comes with the job, and mm-hmm. and you know the, the you one, said go ahead, Dan. Oh, I was going to say the one thing that when you were discussing with Tony is that he was making a comparison to a uh, uh, previous protest, but this protest is so messy. It's yes. not. There's no one thing they want. Dis, you know, all mandates lifted forever or something, and they also want you know the dissolution to you know the government to step down or whatever. And it, and there's and it's a there's no cohesion in it. It's it's just like a, it's just everything's thrown into one big pot. Frustrations right. from COVID and it's a catch-all yeah. for agree or disagree with the indigenous movement or whatever you want to call it. When they show up at your door, you have a pretty good idea why they're there. I mean, yeah, yeah exactly. Just look at history. You know what I mean? No, but it's true. And it's a one. It's a one issue, and you will yes. get yeah. and, and, good for and, them and Dan's right. With, right. There's Dan's right that it, and I and I said this early on. There's a there is a countrywide frustration from anti-vaxxers. But you know what? As I said a couple weeks ago to you guys, we're frustrated too. You know, it's absolutely you've said it. I've said it. I can't wait to not wear a mask. It hasn't been the most pleasant of times. Worried about my kids, worried about my friends and family, business people. It's been a drag. You know, I know maybe sometimes people listen to the show and they think, oh, you know, humble and Fred, everything's fucking all right in their world. But listen, I'm worried about, you know, my daughter graduated from school uh, just when this happened and she was, you know, unemployed and, and rudderless for 18 months. Like there's a lot of stuff going on in everyone's lives. The 
the thing that pisses me off the most is these people think they're the only ones that have had, you know, any inconvenience. The rest of us went along and got vaccinated like we're some assholes or something. But we're the ones that saved the fucking country. Exactly. You know, and what Lumbee said yesterday, yes, this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. They don't like to hear that, but it's true. You know, there's some people out there that actually think there should have never been a lockdown or no measures at all. Yeah. Meanwhile, meanwhile, they saw what the nurses went through. They saw what the doctors went through. You know, they saw what happened to families ravaged by it. You know, seniors and their family. How how bad would it have been if we didn't take some of the measures? You know, Fred, deaths. One of the most. I just thought of this because Brian Goldman, who was on our show a few weeks ago, was tweeting about being. You know, people were being intimidated, hospital workers, frontline workers, and told to not wear their masks as these assholes were going to harass them. I thought to myself, isn't that weird? Because back home where you're from in dum-dum land, in dum-dum Alberta, if you got sick, you'd go to the hospital, and these people would have to deal with your stupid white assholes. Yes. Uh, by the way, I'm, I'm standing by there. There's Sherpas having trouble um, logging in. So in the meantime, why don't we uh, just catch everyone up? Did we mention that Tony Clement was the Gig Sky guest of the day? Um, we should. I don't think we did. Well, let's do we it, will it now. It now. Absolutely. Let me put it this way. Yeah, t- you put it Tony any way Clement. you want, my friend. Tony Clement was brought to you by GigSky, the only worldwide mobile data service with the affordable rates in 190 countries. Download the app today for Android or iOS. Yeah, download the GigSky app today and enter code HF2022 for $5 off your first plan. Or just visit GigSky.com. All the information is there. Download the GigSky app today. You will not regret it whether you're pulling up directions looking for the coolest restaurant or bar posting pics on instagram whilst away you'll want access to data yes you will and gigs guy is where to go gigsguy.com you know i was thinking about um you know the income not the inconvenience some of the things that have happened behind the scenes in my family and and look at your family as well your grandkids spent the better part of couple of years having to learn at home. Dan, did you, were you with us that day we went over and saw the, the babies at uh, Mel's house? Wasn't that after lunch? Yeah, I think so. Remember we and we okay. they showed us John took a tour of the house. Took a tour of the house yeah. and yeah. that like Here, that's that affects people. Howard, here's what burns me up. My father-in-law died in July. The last pretty much year and a half, I guess to that point, year and whatever months. He spent not being able to be around his family, his kids, yeah. his grandkids, because we he was ill, so we really had to protect him. So when I hear people say, oh, this was all stupid, why do we do any of this? You uncaring prick. I know. Seriously. Are you, are, are, are you kidding me? And again, ultimately, we could find out tomorrow all of it was for naught. But you know what? We didn't know that at the beginning. And we all did the decent thing to look after each other. Um, well, the, the societies had to react in real time to something yes. they don't know much about. So, exactly. Yes. And that's why I want to get to health gauge here in a second, guys. But that's why it's interesting you say that, Dan. We were reacting to it. The scientists were reacting to it. That's why when I hear people say, well, what a second, you mean we're not supposed to? What happened to that? Why did you say masks and now masks? It's because things change. It's a fluid event. 
And it was all happening as Dan, mm-hmm. it was all happening in the now, not because here's the thing. We'll all be dead 50 years from now when they look back and go, well, some of those measures weren't necessary or some were and they mm-hmm. worked, but we don't have the, um, the, the, the luxury of looking back on it as they will in the future because it'll seem all inevitable 50 years from now, but it wasn't 24 months ago. Uh, I don't know what's yeah, happening with Niblet here. I'm texting him. He's uh, saying uh, dancing as fast as I can. Uh, he's having some trouble with his computer. But, it, you know, it gets back to, again, what you've touched on many times. You know, you sometimes you've got to put your, your yourself in the head of that other person. and But sometimes it's just so difficult. It's like what we we just said there about, you know, for the betterment of all and doing what you can and the great unknowns. Like, how do you look at that in any, in any other way? But there's people that do. It's, I, it's tough. Listen, there are liberals and left-wing people that I know that always react in the negative when it comes to anything conservative, even if they oh. don't understand. Like, hi, hi, Dan. Hi, Dan. <laughs> um, but, and and, I, and you, I, I don't know, maybe, like, I again... I would be liberal leaning when it comes to anything to do with human beings, but I've been conservative leaning when it comes to finances since I've been a grown up. Mm-hmm. But I also, again, I not just Dan, but I have some other friends, you know, that are very liberal that have worked in the liberal polit- political world, and they can't think of anything good about Doug Ford, about you know Aaron O'Toole. They just everything that conservatives do is wrong. And I always say to them, you know, you got to be careful because it's not everything that Doug Ford did during the pandemic was wrong. He did the best he could. You know, he was like everybody else. He didn't have the answers. And to his credit, he leaned on science. He wasn't one of these whack jobs that thought like Trump or Ron DeSantis, who thinks he knows more than a scientist. Give him credit for that. But you touch on something else. And one thing I never want to be, and again, I've traditionally in my adult life, adult life have voted conservative i don't want to be one of those people that just sticks with my team all the time through thick and thin forget it i I agree i don't want to be one of those people i want to look at things in the middle and if my team isn't playing well i want to call them out on it well and that's why i i I don't know why i keep saying this but you know like i think Maybe at one time people would be surprised how much, how many times I have voted conservative, but also how many times I didn't. It made sense at the time. It made sense at the time. And, you know, look at Doug Ford. You know, sure, it's easy to make fun of the Ford family and Rob Ford. And yeah, there's a lot there to unpack, as they say. But think about this guy. The most conservative government shut down the economy so that human beings wouldn't die. For me, I would elect him again just for that. Because he went again what you would consider traditional conservative um, brand. Like, I think you said this. I've said it. The last guy that would want to shut down business is Doug Ford. Yeah. He, he didn't yeah. want that. Yeah. But he erred on the side. And you, know, and, you know, you make mistakes along the way, and then you're second guessed like that story that broke on the weekend. Uh, I think the weekend before last, he went up to his cottage and went out on his snowmobile, and that became a big thing. You know, when I have a, I'm of two minds, I'm thinking, so what? The guy needs a little downtime. He went to his cottage and went out on his snowmobile. 
But on the yeah, reverse yeah. side, it's like, Doug, hey, man, given the way things are nowadays with social media and cameras and everything, why would you even go there? Like, why why risk that optic? And, and, you know, and that's what it is, Freddie. It's, it's all about optics. And, of course, if you're like some of the people I'm referring to, not you, Dan, but... They just love that stuff. They go, oh, see, everything we thought about that guy is a fucking doofus. And and you're right, optically, not the best thing. No. But you just look back at the 24 months we've we've just gone through, and it's about to be another couple of weeks. It'll be two years, not ten years like it seems. <laughs> it's yeah. only two yeah. years. And look how we have. Look how far we've come. I mean, in all aspects of our society. Uh, I'm standing by for Nibla, but let me just tell you, Fred, right now I've gone to the HealthGage website, healthgage.com. It's what we're wearing. Dan, this is the time we need to get you one of these because the BOGO sale. By the way, did you hear me say that the other day, Daniel, that I didn't know what BOGO meant? Did you? Uh, yeah, I did, but I, I had a similar moment of, uh, about a year and a half ago. Same thing. It's a BOGO. What BOGO. does that mean? Well, it me, it, I'll tell you what it means for HealthGage fans. It means great news. Um, prior... Oh, he's calling my phone. Hold on a second. That's, um, hold on a second there, Tim. Um, prior to knowing what that meant, I buy one, get one free. I had no idea, but, but our, our, our promo code was HumbleFredHG and will be again. That only gets you 15% off. But right now, if you've always wanted what we're talking about, and that's the Health Gauge Phoenix, you can basically get it for half price. Buy one, get one free. Go to healthgauge.com and, uh, and find out more. Hey, Nibsy. Good morning. Yeah, I, was, I thought you were talking about calling in on the Zoom meeting. We can't do it with... <laughs> we, we can't do it on my phone. I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to do the Dan Duran news. We're going to wrap things up in about 15 minutes. If you can get in then, great. If not, uh, we'll do it today, and then we'll just pick it up again with you next week because tomorrow we're fully booked, Timmy. No problem on. Hopefully we'll talk to you soon. All right, man. Take care. Thanks. This whole show has been, uh, you know, it's, it's just one of those things, you know. It all started with Lumbee yesterday. Is that suspicious? Was it Lumbee that I do? Yeah, yeah, we couldn't get his sound to work. And then this yeah. morning, Tony's sound didn't work. And I had the, no. the Spotify coming out of the wrong fader. So mm-hmm. why don't we do the Dandoran News, Frederick? Lovely. Oh, it will be. Here's to a fella named Dandoran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Huh. Dandoran, the anchorman comes As for credentials, he has none Can't tell a headline from his bum But his voice is nice and low Dandoran, the anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang So he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and And now, uh, finally, we get to uh, the reason that our boy is popping in on these shows live from Lakeside and around the world. It's Humble and Fred News. And now here with the stories, it's the sea is rising while we're worried about masks. By 2050, seas will be lapping up against the U.S. shore uh, at uh, 10 to 12 inches higher than they are now. Imagine that's a lot. 
And that's only in uh, the next 25 years, 25, 26, 27 years, somewhere in there. Yeah. There's a new report that came out yesterday from the National Oceanic and Atmosphere Administration, or NOAA, in the States. And it was uh, collaborated, uh, they collaborated with about six other federal agencies to come out with this report talking about the increase in, uh, in sea level rise around the, the coast and how much of an I- impact that will have on uh, mainly the eastern cities in, uh, in America, which I would imagine goes up to, uh, to the eastern coast of uh, Canada as well. Mm-hmm. I don't it's get within why w- sight. Why wouldn't it just be all the water all over the world, you know, because it's more or less the same source, the top of the world, you know? So, Well, I don't understand the science either because yeah. I didn't read the 111 pages. Maybe you should. <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, that, that, there's another thing, you know, a, a current issue in our society, people that deny that. You know, I mean, th- those are... You know, those that that's my grandkids' world. That's their their world. It's your kids' world and your grandkids' world. It's and and just to slough, uh, slough it off like, oh yeah, no, it's not happening. Well, wow. I know that we wow. live in a world where your opinion, somebody's opinion yeah. about science and facts, is it, it's almost like, well, I I have my opinions. Uh, so climate change is not real. See ya. Now let me go take a shit in the ocean. You know, yeah, um, I know. It, if you want to listen to an interesting episode of Smartless. There's a, a director, you know, a guy named Adam McKay. His most recent movie was Don't Look Up. Uh, he's re- Him and Will Ferrell have produced a bunch of the stuff, Succession, and he's a really prolific director, right. but he's very involved in the environment. He was talking to the guys on Smartless the other day about how how um, real this is and how soon it's going to affect us, Dan. Mm-hmm. Not just 25 years with the ocean, but there's stuff mm-hmm. in the environment that is going to start, you know, like it's already started. The fires, the the mm-hmm. the winds, the hurricane, <laughs> you know. But, but environmental yeah. impact is now, I, I think, is the message. Right. And it's, well, it's changing uh, uh like insects and the entire food chain for the animal world is all being affected as things move. And, and you know, there's a lot of things that won't be able to move fast. Like you can't move a forest north. No. A jungle can't be moved in a, you know, in a, in a generation. It's going to, it's, the, things are happening faster than we realize. Dan, what's happening with your snow forts? Is that, mm-hmm. is that being affected? <laughs> I think I rained on. <laughs> I lost a foot and a half oh, of my no. snow forts. Your snow yes. fort's been affected. And Too then it was we refrozen. Were. Too bad we weren't more in control and we could say, okay, the environment's going down, but okay, we want to get rid of Canada geese and mosquitoes. That's right. Let's, let's keep all these other things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Too bad we couldn't pick and choose the things we like in our world. <laughs> we <want> to die. <laughs> dear, yeah. dear, well, what I do. I was, I'm sure you guys know, I prayed to Jesus. Dear Jesus, can you get rid of Canada geese? Uh, Dan Duran, do you have any more stories? By the way, Dan Duran's news today is brought to you by Doer, doer.ca. Love Pants will still get you 15% off at checkout at doer.ca. And if you go to our Facebook page, if you're still interested in winning some free pants, uh, I'm going to talk to Boone and say, hey, Boone, let's pick one more winner and uh, get somebody some free pants tomorrow boone's going to check in uh tomorrow is also the day i think that mike boone's one thousandth one thousandth podcast is going to drop so that's a a momentous occasion very exciting for him dan um stick around here for a second i think the retirement sherpa has finally figured out how to get onto uh zoom here 
So we're going to do him. Freddie, are you all up to date? No. I want to tell you a Bodog. Yeah, why don't you tell me a little bit about Bodog, and then uh, we'll see if we can't get the uh, Sherpa to uh, turn his microphone on and that type of thing. Hey, 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 your Raptors play the Minnesota Timberwolves tonight. Pretty much a toss-up. The Raps a slight favorite. If you'd like to wager on this game or anything else in, well, I was going to say professional sports. No, pretty much any sport under the sun. I mean, we think of the big four here in uh, North America, but there's more to the world than that. And at Bodog, you can wager. Whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker, or a casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment. They've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994 okay they have a world-class sports book yes they do bodog all right well i see that the uh, sherpa has he's on his uh on mrs sherpa's computer but uh so far uh, i can't get him to turn on his camera or his microphone um Maybe I'll do a little bit of... You know what I can do today, fellas? I'll do a little bit of editing. You know? I'll do some editing on the show today. I'm going to have to edit because I stopped it. I started it. And then maybe I'll have to get Mike to post the show. Yeah, that's fine. Um, I'm going to give this a couple... There, another couple of minutes. Um, Oh, there we go. There we go. Hi. Sweet man. Look at our sweet friend, the retirement Sherpa. Uh-huh. Any second now, we're going to hear his beautiful voice. Good morning. There we go. There we go. I can't remember what the heck I was going to talk about now. I've been uh, fighting with my computer for an hour, and I'm on Lorna's now. Very All exciting right. day. Well, you know, one of the things I... Well, thanks for t- your patience, and, and we're going to wrap the show up. Dan, where did Dan go? Oh, my God. Um, you know what? One of the things I was saying the other day, Tim... And I was thinking about you when I spent about a, a four or five days here. I was thinking about you, and you've spent the last couple of winters in America. And, and I, and I, and I, I I'm just going to get to this weird point, but I thought of you and and how life is down here. And, 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 I, and I finally relate. Most people down here are respectful. They're nice. They're going along with the mandates, et cetera, et cetera. And I can sort of imagine what your life is. Now I get what your life has been like in your community the last couple of winters down here. Everyday average Americans are, you know, sort of going along just like everyday average Canadians. Yeah, absolutely. And, of course, you just end up hanging around the people who have similar thoughts or beliefs. Or or if they don't and you still like them, you just don't go somewhere in conversations every once in a while a hundred percent i played golf with some guys the other day and at some point i overheard them talking about something something rhinos you know republicans in name only but i didn't enter the conversation and that didn't last very long so we just went back to what we were doing which is guys golfing you know yeah, you got to stay in the safe uh, side there. <laughs> That's sure. right. You got to stay in the. Yeah, I, I always say, just even worldwide too, like the the bad people, however you choose to frame them, uh, and we all frame them differently. They just have better publicists, right? So uh, there's tons of great people and lots of people that we've become very close to and, and love and enjoy the company of, and yeah, they're they're uh, much more similar than different. Exactly. Timmy, uh, we just passed Valentine's Day. Uh, you make some good points today about, uh, you know, do you and your spouse uh, speak the same money language? Expand on that. 
Well, uh, as I mentioned, it's Valentine's week, according to Lorna. But yes, for most people. <laughs> That's great. Day. That's right. Um, kind of like the NBA All-Star Weekend kept getting longer and longer mm-hmm. all the time. Um, yeah, it's super important, right? Because money is one of those things that we don't like to talk about uh, very much. I, I mentioned at the end of the uh, email, a lot of times when um, uh, the husband passes, uh, the, the wife moves on to another advisor, which means there was a disconnect going to begin with right so you know they both need to be involved both need to contribute both need to know the goals um probably look at money a little different in lots of cases probably have a little different risk tolerance or or understanding or interest in it Uh, but it's super important I, i think uh, in, in fact, in the good old days, I would meet with just one person as a mm-hmm. first meeting. Now I don't. Like, if they don't <laughs> both want to meet, that's okay, but I'm not going to start the process because they, they both need to be involved. Well, that's what I wanted to ask. Cause, so that's the old-fashioned ways where the advisor, you, you know, traditionally met with the man. But I think you make some points, and, and they're good ones, about both people in partnerships have to be involved in the partnership of the family money. What's that? Yes. You, you need not bring the little lady today. <laughs> That's right. He doesn't need to hear about this. Yes. No. And well, but, but Timmy, so respond to that, how, how it has to be a, a, um, a group effort so that there's, you know, there's comfort should somebody go before the other. Right. The odds are pretty good. As with most things, there'll be different levels of interest between the two of them. Right. That's, that's more the norm than the exception. But I, I mean, I've been at this for 30 years, partly because I just find it super fascinating, important, interesting stuff. And I try to get that across to uh, people that we deal with and all. And when, once people start kind of paying attention, regardless of gender, that doesn't matter. Uh, you know, they just get a little more involved. And the more you understand it, uh, the, the more interest you have in it. So it, it, it builds over time for sure. Um, do you commingle your daughter? Uh, your daughter. <laughs> your daughters? What? <laughs> your dollars. I'm in Florida, Fred, not Tennessee. Yeah, that's <laughs> funny. I'm surprised. You know what? I'm surprised of how many people I know that the husband and the wife have separate bank accounts and aren't really in tune with what each other have. And I just find that odd. Um, right out of the gate, Delise and I, it was one pot and we always knew. And uh, do you recommend that? I, I recommend whatever works, right? In okay. some partnerships, it's better That's to right. have it separate. Yeah. 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 Uh, and in some, it's better to have it. I, hey, to me, the ideal world is that it's all all for one, one for all. Yeah. Uh, but hey, sometimes it, it does work out better. Uh, I was just talking with a client last week, and they keep it very separate. And for them, it works great. Good. I think that's really important, too. Whatever works for your family and whatever works with your advisor, in this case, the retirement Sherpa, tim.niblet at raymondjames.ca. That's how you get a hold of Tim. It's always a great conversation. I can tell you from personal and from a lot of our friends that are part of the Retirement Sherpa family, you know, an advisor is there as a sort of almost sober second opinion or third opinion. And if you're just, by the way, if you if you already have somebody, Tim's happy to have a, a look at what you got going on. And as I have said before, if it's fine, he's not going to say, well, you have to change just for change sake. Tim.nibble at RaymondJames.ca. Thanks for your uh, counsel and patience today. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm digging the vibe down here in the USA. 
Well, I was watching the beginning of the show, too, so I just thought I'd join in the uh, technical difficulty <laughs> theme of the, the yeah. day there. The, so today's enjoy the sunshine, guys. I appreciate your uh, patience from your end there. Okay, man. Today's show is chaos. Chaos in Canada. The occupation continues. Timmy, we'll talk to you soon, my friend. Love you, brother. Thanks, guys. Love okay, you, too. No, I, I love him, too. Um, okay, we we got to get going because I know you got to get to the golf course. So let's get the hell Ew, out of it. Isn't that awful? No, mm-hmm. don't rub the listeners' nose in it. Nah, whatever. Mm. They're fine. <laughs> if they, by the way, is there if there's any listeners left at this point? Uh, we're going to wrap up the week live from America tomorrow. In the meantime, here's Dan Derue. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Gig Sky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, Health Gauge, Canna Cabana, Doer, and our newest sponsor, GoDaddy. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran, and don't forget this hypocrisy tour continues tomorrow. Destination, a little up the road from the habitations of the towns we know.